Welcome to the Females on Fire podcast, where you'll get the tools you need to master your money, marketing, and your motivation. I'm your host, Haley Luckadoo, the money and marketing coach, motivational speaker, and huge Dr. Pepper lover who is on a mission to connect you with women who are incredible at what they do with the hope that you will leave inspired, educated, and motivated to create the life that sets your soul on fire. Welcome back, Females on Fire. Before we dive into another great episode, I'm excited to tell you about this week's show sponsor, The Money and Marketing Catalyst. It's my signature 12-week group program for entrepreneurs and small business owners who are ready to go from stuck to scaling. MMC, as we so affectionately call it, focuses on using my four-step core framework to find and fill the gaps in your sales and marketing processes and acts as the catalyst for leveling up your revenue and your content. If you're sick of constantly brainstorming new ways to make your revenue goals or tired of being on the hamster wheel of creating content that doesn't convert into sales, then this program was made for you because it is the only program of its kind that digs into both your business finances and sales processes and your marketing and social media strategies. And the best news, enrollment is currently open for the next round. Just head over to applymmc.com to fill out a commitment-free application so our team can determine if the program is the right fit for you and give you more information. Don't spend three more months banging your head on your desk and asking yourself why your hard work isn't paying off. This program will sell out, so take the first step to making a change by applying for the Money and Marketing Catalyst today. Again, head over to applymmc.com dot com to put in your application and get more details so you can start scaling the business you love and have the life you want to live. Welcome back females on fire. This episode is going to be such a good one because I know that listening to me as a marketing coach talk about marketing, you are kind of hearing my perspective all the time. And while I do think I know what I'm talking about and have some expertise in this area because it's what I do for a living, I also think it's great for you to get to hear some other perspectives. And that is exactly what you're going to get today with my amazing guest. Today, I am talking with Liz Fleming, and she is an award-winning marketer for makers who teaches them how to grow their businesses online using her proven Thor E formula for marketing success, which she teaches in her signature membership community for makers called the Bloom Crew. She also has a podcast that you can go check out that I have been a guest on as well, and is just an all around amazing person and marketing extraordinaire. And so today I am getting her insight, her predictions on what marketing is going to look like in the coming months and what some of the trends are that she thinks that we'll be seeing. And let me tell you, she has so much goodness to share. So many good little tidbits and amazing tips that you 
can absolutely go implement into your business and your marketing strategy. And then she's also just going to share a couple of tips for how you can actually convert your audience in a way that's real and that's right for you and your business. So it is just going to be an all around amazing episode in terms of talking about marketing. And you guys know, I am geeking out over these marketing conversations. So I'm so excited for you to get to hear from Liz and hear this conversation. So let's go ahead and dive in. Hi, Liz. Thank you so much for joining me. Woohoo. Thanks for having me, Haley. This is awesome. Yes. I'm so excited. I cannot <laughs> wait to talk to you all about marketing and strategies for this year. Cause I know my listeners are probably sick of hearing from me about it. So <laughs> it'll be a nice change of perspective, but before we get into all the good stuff, can you just take a couple quick minutes and tell our audience about you, how you got into business and what that journey has looked like? Sure. Oh my gosh, that journey. It feels like a lot longer than it has been. I will say that. Um, my whole career really got started in the public relations sphere. Out of college, I worked at a public relations firm and I represented an array of clients and worked my way up there. You know, multi-million dollar businesses in the food and beverage space, and then also small businesses and boutique businesses. And after about three years of that, um, I realized it was just such a very toxic sort of workplace. I love the work, but it was very go, go, go. And I knew in that moment that I could not live my life that way and be a healthy human <laughs> or be happy. So I decided to move to an in-house role and I got hired by the PGA of America to be their uh, media director for a few years. And it was like a 180, you know, really slow pace. I moved from up north down to North Carolina and I learned a lot. I was able to kind of hone my focus and because I wasn't doing as much work as often, it wasn't as hectic, I decided to start a side hustle with one-on-one -on -one coaching. And it's something that when I was in college, I started my personal brand and really, you know, I created my own website and just kind of dabbled with it. I was like a LinkedIn freak. And that's actually how I got all of my jobs was through LinkedIn. Um, so I kind of kept, you know, my finger on the pulse there and just started experimenting with the side hustle gig and taking on whether it was friends or family people for free and just experimenting. And I learned so much. I, I watched webinar after webinar. That's, you know, five years ago when I first met Marie Forleo and like got introduced to her and that whole gang. And after about two years at that next corporate role with the PGA, I was like, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. And I took my leap of faith and I haven't looked back since. So a lot has changed. I've now been full-time for about three years and it's been incredible. So I know you mentioned it in my bio, but I am a marketing coach primarily for makers and female solopreneurs. And I have a couple of online courses and I specialize in that organic marketing. So everything I learned in the PR world, I've taken with me into full-time now, 10 years later. I love it. I love yeah. that you, you know, you had that moment of like, I cannot live my life this way because yeah. I feel like that's every entrepreneur. Like that's how we got into this space, right? There was something totally. that made us go, this cannot be the rest of my life. So I got to fix it. 
And you mentioned that leap of faith. And I think we all have to have that moment where we're like, oh, can I do this? I don't know. Or probably everybody's about to see me fall on my face, but I'm gonna do it anyway. Yeah. So I love that. But I love that you've kind of pivoted and transitioned throughout things and still kind of hung tight to that experience that you had and those skills that you kind of brought with you from, you know, more of the corporate world, because I think that's what really makes a successful entrepreneur is when you can come into it and say, well, I want this time freedom and I want this ability to work for myself. And I, I want to have, you know, all of these pieces of running my own business, but I want to do it knowing that I have this set of skills and I have this expertise already. And I don't want to just throw that away and learn something new. I want to utilize it totally. really use it to my advantage and my client's advantage. So I love that. I think that's awesome. I think that's, you know, that, like I said, that's what makes a successful entrepreneur. And that's what I love hearing from the women on the show is just the way that they've sort of taken those things that they did have in their tool belt and the things that they did know and learn and now applied them to this small business that they're running. Yeah. It it was important for me in that time of my life to recognize the limitations of these amazing roles that I was in. You know, there was nothing wrong with them. They were both incredible. I learned so much. I met amazing people, wonderful opportunities, but I wanted to try new things a lot. And that wasn't always, I don't want to say allowed, but it was, it scared a lot of my bosses because I, you know, I have this just desire to learn. And that's what I can do every single day in my business. I can try all these things. Like when I first went out full time, you know, it was scary with that leap of faith because you leave the cushy office and the paycheck and the benefits, but you realize over time that you're actually doing everything you want to do. And I won't ever forget it, but like the day I first figured out what a funnel was, I was like, (laughs) yes, here I go. Like it was so different than anything I'd ever done, but I was able to take that traditional knowledge and then like marry it with all this new stuff I was learning. And I mean, that's the only reason I have the business I do today is all the leaps of faith I've taken since then. (laughs) But I think that's what it takes. That's what it takes is just those constant leaps of faith and saying, okay, you know, I don't know everything I need to know yet, or I don't know what this is going to look like or how it's going to work out, but I'm going to go for it anyway. And it's just like, you know, piling all of those little failures on until you get a success. Right. Totally. And I'm, I'm the same way. Literally, I started out in wedding planning and the first time that I really sat down and like looked at business finances and started putting together like a revenue plan and doing it. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm amazing. Like <laughs> I was, I was so ready. I was like, I'm amazing. Like, look at me running a business. Like yes. I was, it was so over the top and now I'm like, oh yeah, a revenue plan. I do that every day. Cool. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I, hear I, you. I, I definitely think that's something that all of us can relate to is that, mm-hmm. that feeling of, of having to just put yourself out there and go for it. And trust that the process is going to work out for you at some point. Yes. All right. Well, let's dive in because I know you've got a lot of advice and tips and uh, just ideas on where marketing is going to go, you know, in the coming months, what that's going to look like, what some of the trends are. And I would love to hear from you what you're thinking, like, what are some of the trends that you think are going to be working over the next couple months or some of the things that maybe are not going to be working as well? Cause I'm very, very curious to hear your perspective on this. Yeah, of course. So 2020 taught us a lot. 
<laughs> That's an understatement. <laughs> oh my God. Um, it certainly taught me a lot, you know, in terms of consumer trends, which that's the stuff I nerd out about. I'm sure you can totally relate as a marketing oh, yeah. coach as well. Um, but it was really interesting just to see, you know, once the initial noise and madness of the pandemic happened um, and summer came and people were a bit more comfortable with, you know, how they were living their lives. They're working from home. They're realizing they have to quote unquote pivot and like be online, all this stuff. And now that we are many more months beyond that comfort zone, people are starting to realize how much potential they have. So I have three uh, kind of unique predictions for what I think is coming here in 2021. The first being that people are craving community experiences online now more than ever. So if you've ever wanted to create a course or if you've ever wanted to start a Facebook group or a podcast or a membership community, now is the time to do it. Yes. And one of the ways, yeah, one of the ways I pivoted um, back in May of 2020 was I started on a whim, a membership community and I pre-sold it and people were totally into it. And it's like, I'm hearing this from a lot of other colleagues too. That's where the interest is people because they can't meet in person are craving that level of community. Have you seen that kind of on your Absolutely. end of things? Too? Yeah, I totally agree with that. Oh my gosh. Because I think, I think now all the people who were online before and were kind of, you know, running their business online, they had like virtual aspects of their business. Now they're just leaning more into that. They're more excited about it but also the people like, kind of like you just mentioned, who maybe weren't doing things as virtually, they weren't as online, you know, in their businesses or even in their personal life. Now they're having to be. And so I think we've seen this kind of influx of people really doing, you know, virtual events and virtual summits and partaking in courses and memberships and all of these things. Mm -hmm. I definitely think you're a hundred percent on the money that that community aspect is so important right now. So if you have something to offer that kind of gives them that, that community side of things, I hope it's the time for sure. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, the second big thing I predict is that people are going to crave bite-sized opportunities and offers. No one is looking for premium right now. Like unless you are a six figure, seven figure, eight figure <laughs> type of lifestyle. No one is like shelling out five figures for a coaching program right now. They're looking for that bite-sized commitment, you know, um, mini products. So to me, that's like a membership program or a mini course, something of that nature that's easy to digest. Because if you think about where people are right now psychologically they're already stressed they're already overwhelmed i mean i know we're in a new year and that feels nice but we can't put too much pressure on it we still are in the thick of this pandemic we are in the thick of you know bringing in a new president and there's a lot of chaos in politics so that overwhelm is going to stick around and that's something that as creators we need to be incredibly mindful of so think about i always tell my clients in this regard like think about what you would want to see if you're seeing it all the time it's not someone who's constantly getting on stories or going live like begging you to be a part of this premium mastermind group that's like five figures a month it's those bite-sized opportunities those 
kind of low bar commitments that are still commitments, if that makes sense, that make them feel like they're a part of something. That's really, really where the gold nuggets are going to be, I think, in 2021. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And I think that's not to say that you can't sell like a high ticket program right. or a mastermind or whatever, because I don't want to like bum out our listeners who are like, but I just want, <laughs> I think it's okay. I think you can still sell that. I think there's still an audience for it, but I do agree with you that I think there are more people looking for those bite-sized things. And I think if you're a person who has a high ticket offer, it's just about making sure that you also have one of those bite-sized things like a membership totally. or even just like a free Facebook group or something that you can then use to later down the road, convert them into that higher ticket offer or into another, you know, paid course or, or something like that, convert them in some kind of way. Exactly. Um, so I, I definitely agree with you about the, the bite-sized parts. Cause I think, you know, you're right that everybody right now is just looking to like, we're just trying to figure it out. Right. And we are looking yeah. for that community yeah. aspect and we are looking for the, the advice and the resources and the help, but doing so knowing that we don't necessarily know what tomorrow or next week or next month is going to look right. like. Yeah. And that, you know, bite-sized offers, just like you said, it doesn't mean reducing your prices or selling yourself short, like keep those high-end offers there. Like I have my five-figure packages, but it's not so much a focus. They're there. And if the interest is there, great. I can be that resource for someone. Exactly. But if I'm looking at my value ladder, I have more than just a low end entry level offer and a premium offer that signature offer right in the middle of that value ladder is where the money is going to be for 2021. That's where your bite size offers are. You know, that's something when I say bite size, it's not more than three figures in my mind. So, um, it's just something to think about. And if you are a coach or someone who has only premium offers, that's fine. But consider in terms of continuing to pivot, what little pieces you may be able to pull out of that premium offer yes. that you could make into something bite-sized and sell at scale and exactly. passively, ideally. Yeah. I don't think you have to make it complicated. It's not yeah. like you have to come up with an entirely new idea no, for a no. course or something. It's literally just saying, okay, you know, my audience may not necessarily be interested in, like you said, this four or five figure program right now. So how can I take maybe just one chapter of that, one little piece of that, turn it into this passive course that costs them a couple hundred bucks. And, right. and that way they can get that help. They can get those resources without necessarily having to invest, you know, in these really high ticket offers right now. Right. And like you said, you still have those high ticket offers available for the people that want them, but it's not your focus right now. It's not the thing that you're constantly pushing. Yeah. And I, I predict the bite-sized offers, you know, again, for obvious reasons with the pandemic, so many people had to close their businesses or lost their jobs or have had to help family members. So by creating a bite-sized resource, like how many times can I say bite-sized? <laughs> but, <laughs> but by creating that type of resource, you're being sensitive to everyone's situation without selling yourself short. And the worst thing that you can do as a business owner, especially a solopreneur on your channels is come across as insensitive. And that's where my PR brain like 
lights up. (laughs) So just kind of, you know, be smart. It's common sense, like feel the vibe out. You know, the beginning of the new year is telling us a lot already. And you know, the obvious tax season is coming up. I'm sorry to say it like womp, 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 but (laughs) that's another thing to be mindful of in terms of those launch windows that you might have coming up. Yep. Yeah. I think it's all about just reading the room, right? Totally. Reading your audience, looking at circumstance and looking at society and, you know, just it's making those little pivots, making those little adjustments. You know, you're the business owner, you get to run it your way. So who's to say that you can't, bump that launch a week or, Mm -hmm. you know, do what you got to do to really get your audience in that sweet spot where Mm -hmm. it's the right time for them to buy. Yeah. It's the right time for them to invest. And it's not, um, it's not just about like what you put out into the world. Like nothing bad will ever come from you asking your people questions. So like, if you ever feel like you're stuck in a hole, with this stuff or anything you hear out there in terms of marketing recommendations, like lean on your audience first, because while your business is about you, it's meant for someone else. It's meant for them. And if they're not into what you're creating and you're spending all this time creating something that they don't want, it's going to fall flat and we just can't have that. So exactly. Lean, lean, lean into your audience for sure. Yes. Um, and then I know I'm kind of rambling on, but just so we get it in the third prediction I have for this year is probably the most obvious, but people want real. They don't want perfect anymore. I think people are over this. They're over this idea of shiny object syndrome. They're over, you know, the beautiful grids on Instagram. People are getting more and more comfortable and confident with themselves and working from home, being on the Zooms and like, I love that. And from a personal branding standpoint, that is so valuable. Um, I love, there's a business coach out there that I follow. I'm not sure if you guys have heard of him, Jeff Walker, but he recently said in an interview, Scrappy is the new perfect. And I felt like I totally (laughs) resonated with that. It was a relief actually. Yes, exactly. (laughs) I love it. Yeah. And I, I think it's true. And I've, I've mentioned before, like, you know, with Instagram, like it should be real, not a real, right? Yes. Oh, I love that. R-E-A-L, not R-E-E-L. So I, I think that's, that's the thing is like, it's always been a highlight reel, right? And this goes for any social media platform, any marketing type thing. It's a highlight reel of your best moments, mm-hmm. your put together moments. And I agree with you that I think we've really seen a shift in the last, especially year of people who are, you know, just, it's the simple things like getting on your stories with no makeup on, right? Yeah. Or or, you know, your hair up in a bun and your sweatpants and being like, yeah, this is what I look like today, but Hey, entrepreneurship, like that's, and I think those little tiny shifts are leading us into the bigger shifts. Like the grid doesn't have to look so perfect Mm -hmm. and you can show up for the live without having all of the amazing lighting and camera equipment and all this stuff. And I think that's pushing more people to just get started because Mm -hmm. if you don't feel like you have to do your makeup every day and have, you know, this hundreds of dollars invested in lighting and cameras and all this stuff, then you can just show up as you are with what you have to work with to the best of your ability. And I think that's pushing more and more and more people to go online, to go live, to start marketing their business, to try all of these new things and it's working. And so I think mm-hmm. we're really, you're a hundred percent right that I think we're really starting to see the market go toward that and I'm here for it. 
Yeah, totally. It's really exciting. I, I just have this gut feeling that people are really starting to shift away from that, that perfection syndrome, if you will. And it's exciting because I know I have clients who are very shy and I'm starting to see them come out of their shells because a, I'm pushing them, but B, they're realizing that they have a, you know, they have a space now. They feel like they can fit in in a way. Not that that's exactly what it's about. We want to stand out, but the only way to stand out is to put yourself out there in the first place. And now right. I think people are feeling like they can really, really do that. Yeah. So. And I'm, I'm here for it. Cause I've always been that one. That's like, Oh, I'm not going to do my hair and makeup. I'm just going to post this anyway. And you know, I'm, <laughs> I don't care. Like it's fine. So I've always been that person. So I'm, I'm super excited now that I don't look like a total weirdo in my sweatpants yeah. posting stories. <laughs> Everybody else is doing it too. So yes. I love it. I love it. Well, I think those are great predictions. I definitely agree with you on all of them that I really, I, I think we're going to see a big change in the coming months in what marketing really looks like and what social, and I think we're already starting to see that change, but I think we're really starting to see, like you said, kind of more of the, the little, here we go with the bite-sized thing again, but the bite-sized <laughs> bite offers and the more real marketing and the behind the scenes kind of marketing and, and, and stuff like that. And I think it's going to really, it's going to be interesting to see how everybody puts their own spin on things now and what people come up with. Cause I think people, I think it's forcing people to get more creative and I yeah. think that's exciting. Yeah. It's totally exciting. I think sometimes it's really intimidating too. So, you know, I did want to say you can listen and hear advice all day long, but at some point you have to take the action. And I know that's really hard for some people. Not everyone's a self-starter, but whenever you're in doubt, just look at what you've already accomplished. And 2020 was a great learning experience, regardless of what happened in your personal life or business, you made an impact somewhere. And it's really important if you haven't already to go back and reflect on those moments. Like, where did you have the most impact? Like, where'd you make the most money? What lit you up the most? Those are the three questions I always ask myself and so much comes from it. And you learn a lot about yourself and your business in that process. And yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Totally. totally agree. I love that. So before we close out, I do want to ask you, what is your advice now that we've kind of talked about some of these trends and some of your predictions, what is your advice for our listeners on actually converting their audience. So as they're navigating, you know, really putting themselves out there now in a way they may, maybe haven't done before and trying these uh, kind of more bite-sized, maybe a little bit lower ticket offers and, you know, really trying to build community around their brand and their business. How do they now convert them into, convert their audience, their followers, subscribers, whatever, into paying clients. Because I know it's great for us to sit around and say, oh, build a community. And that's awesome. But at the end of the day, we got to have money to keep staying mm -hmm. open. So how do they convert those people in your opinion? In my opinion, it's always been to go the extra mile. I mean, we don't live in a time where you can just put a freebie up and expect people to click on it and subscribe and then buy your thing, you know, a couple days later, you know, that may work for people who are really well-established business coaches with a lot of clout and a lot of money, like six-figure ad budgets. But unless you know that you are absolutely hitting the nail on the head with what your audience wants, 
it's going to be a little tricky. So I've always gone the extra mile. What that looks like for me is if I follow and connect with someone on Instagram or Facebook, wherever it is, I will genuinely engage with them in their content. So they're coming up in my feed more. And then if I ever have an opportunity where I see them talking about something and I feel like I can be a resource, I'll DM them and like totally genuine, no salesy, just like, Hey, I want you, I want you to know that I'm here. And it's really for me all about nurturing those relationships, whether it's in those one-on-one instances or if people do happen to join my email newsletter or something or they're on my email list, I have a process for nurturing them there too. While that's a little more automated, it's not as intimate, it's still part of my process. And that nurturing element is so pivotal to being able to convert a follower into a customer these days. You have to be patient and really mindful that people you know, it's not always easy for people to make a decision. So it's up to you to really guide them and help them get to know you before you're like trying to make a sale. I think that's, that's the best piece of advice that I can give is just take a step back, <laughs> slow down, breathe, and really focus on who you're targeting and do it really mindfully and with good quality. Yeah. I love that. I think that's great advice. I love that you use the word nurture, because I think that's where the focus should be is really mm-hmm. like, how can I maybe not necessarily give more in terms of, you know, like doing more and taking up more of your time and energy, but how can I give more in terms of value in terms mm-hmm. of really, really cultivating this relationship. And I know for me personally, that's something I really focused on in 2020 was I told my husband, I was like, you know, this year all about relationships for me. Like I really want to get to know my colleagues. I want to get to know the podcast guests that I have. Like I really want to dig into those relationships and not for, you know, a a monetary reason, not to try to convert Mm -hmm. these people into a sale, but simply to get to know them and how I can support their business. And let me tell you that when you come from that place of, I'm not here to make money, I just want to get to know you, you will inevitably make more money. Oh, totally. It will. And not that, you know, I've had podcast guests turn turn into clients, but I've had podcast guests turn into friends who now follow what I do and then share when I launch something and that gets me more clients. Boom. it's not that I went in with knowing that's what was going to happen and, and trying to force that. But I think when you really show people the real you and you let people get to know you and you come in with this attitude of, Hey, I'm just here to support your business. Like let's be friends. And you find that kind of, I hate to use word, the word tribe. Cause I think it sounds cheesy. Yeah. Find that tribe of people who, who will kind of support you and you're supporting them. And it's just this constant back and forth of community. Like we were talking about earlier. I think that's when you really start to see growth and you really start to see those, those relationships, you know, not only filling you up in terms of making you happy and, and, you know, working to your benefit in that way, but also really bringing you those referrals and making you more money. Yes. And people are really smart and they're really savvy. Even though when you post, you may not get a million likes or comments, people still see that. And they are really good at picking up on when you're being dishonest, when you're not being genuine, and when you have a hidden agenda. And there's a 
a right time and a wrong time to sell something, you know, this is your livelihood. You should be selling at some point and like have a process for that. But when people particularly are first coming into your community, coming onto your list, they're just following you for the first time, like just don't sell and <laughs> just get to know them, be normal. And like, again, think about what you would want. I personally cannot stand when I follow someone and I get an automated DM that's like five paragraphs long yep. and asking me to set up a phone call. I'm like, I have no idea who you are besides the picture and the name that I'm seeing. I haven't had five seconds to even scroll through your feed. It's so, like, and unfollow. <laughs> and sorry, this is not going to work out, but just always be thinking about that user experience from your shoes. Like what do you as a person enjoy? Like think of all the experiences that you've had, whether it's with other coaches or businesses that you've really kept with you. And I guarantee that 99.9% .9 of the time, it's going to be the ones that held your hand, were really patient and were really accommodating to you. Yeah. And I think it goes right back to what we were saying earlier about reading the room. Like you've mm -hmm. just, you've got to know your audience. You've got to know what it is that they want, what it is that they need from you. And then you've got to read the room in terms of when they're coming to you, when they're yep. coming into your life and becoming a part of your business and saying, okay, is this the right time to sell to this person? Is this yep. the right environment? Is this the right moment of the year or in society or with what's going on in the world to sell to this person? And I'm, I'm right there with you. I think you're a business. If you want to continue to be a business, you've got to sell. It's got yep. to happen. You've got to make money, but you should be doing so in a way that you know, if there's a moment where it's not the right moment to sell, you're not so strapped for a sale that you have to sell, right? Yeah, if totally. You've got to plan ahead and run a smart business. Like you said, you've got to be smart. You've got to be savvy because your audience is, and mm -hmm. they know when you're kind of being sleazy for yeah. lack of a better term. So you've got to really plan ahead and, and make those pivots and adjustments so that you're not stuck in the moment going, well, I have to make this sale or I can't pay my bills, even though it's not the right time to sell. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Riches are in the niches, baby. I've always said yeah. <laughs> niche there down, treat your, treat your audience like the community that they are and you will be just fine. Yes. Yes. <laughs> well, I love this. I think we'll just wrap up here because you gave some awesome insight to yeah. some coming trends and predictions. And I definitely agree with you on pretty much all of those. And <laughs> I'm really just excited to see how our listeners take this advice and, and implement it and start really upping their marketing game yeah. for this year. So since it is the end of the episode, I want to do our rapid fire round really quick. Just a fun way to close the show. Are you ready? Yes, I think so. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> They're just quick, easy questions. I promise. Okay. What is one part of your morning routine that you love? Meditation and visualization. Oh, I love it. Very mm. productive. I like yes. it. <laughs> this is new for me. This is new and it's manifestation is like my life lately and it's just changing how I start and go through my days and it's yeah. been awesome. I love it. I love it. I think having some kind of process like that, right? It's so yeah. helpful. It's so insightful. Mm -hmm. I love it. What is the last book that you read? Oh my God. I'm reading like four books right now. Um, Welcome to the club. Everybody says that. <laughs> this I'm reading for a second time. Um, Traffic Secrets by Russell Brunson. He started ClickFunnels. Yep. 
love um love yeah him. he has an amazing resource in here called the dream 100 about how to really nail down your audience and then quote unquote infiltrate these areas yeah. um obviously tastefully but that exercise i keep coming back to that book is just phenomenal I love it. I have it on my bookshelf and I haven't gotten to it yet. So Crack it open sister. <laughs> so I'm excited. So I'm yeah. excited. I can't wait to read it. All right. What is something that you are most looking forward to in this coming season, business or personal, but something that you're just really excited about? Um, gosh, that's tricky. Well, <laughs> I, so this year I gave myself a word for the year. Mm -hmm. And I decided it was alignment. So I'm really looking forward to being in alignment in my business and in life. I feel like I'm in a great position to continue scaling. I've just brought on my first assistant. So I'm able to work less in my business and more on it. Nice. And I'm really looking forward to that. And it allows me to continue to create and experiment in new ways without like burning out. I'm able with this new help able to start my first virtual summit, which is happening in April for makers. I'm really looking forward to that. So that's really what's on the horizon that and like reopening my doors for my membership community, the bloom crew around that same time. That's like my big thing each year. So Very cool. Yeah. And Love I've never it. done a summit. So that's kind of like, as a marketer, hey. I'm like, I think I can do, I'm pretty sure I got this, but also <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kind of winging it. So we'll see. I love it. We're all winging it, girl. You yeah, got it. You totally. got it. I love that though. Those are very exciting. Very fun. <laughs> we'll have to follow along and stay tuned yes. with everything you're doing for sure. All right. What is one tool or resource or platform that you use in your business that you recommend to everybody? Trello. Yes. <laughs> Oh my we God. Get so many people on here that say Asana and I'm a Trello user. And Dude, I'm like, no, no, Trello. 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 I don't want to sound like a snob, but I've used Asana and Trello does not even come close to comparing. It's guess because I'm a visual person and it's just so beautiful and yeah. easy to use with the cards, but that has totally changed my game. I so I can't recommend it enough. <laughs> I love Trello. I'm right there with you. I love it. You and I, we yes. think, we think we're in sync. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right. Last rapid fire question. What is the best piece of advice that you have ever been given? Light the corner that you're in. Like, Ooh, don't like worry that. so much about everybody else. Like shine your light in your corner, brighten the corner you're in. I think it was. Yeah. Brighten the corner you're in. I like that. I love I like that. that a lot. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I think that's, that's a good one to kind of sit with for a while. Yeah. You know? Like that's one of those that it's like, Hmm, when you really think about it, like that's kind of all you should be focusing on. Yeah. Like you should be doing what makes you happy and helping people, but you shouldn't be constantly striving to be like anybody else or exactly. serving everyone's needs. And I feel like that quote has got me through a lot of situations. I love <laughs> so. that. That's a good one. Yeah. Very, very good one. All right, Liz, tell everybody where they can find you on your little piece of the internet. Yes. So my website would be the best place to find everything. Um, that's elizabethfleming.com. And my name is spelled with an S, not a Z. We'll put it, we'll put it in the show notes. Everyone always spells it. 
wrong. Um, and then on Instagram, I'm at Ms. Liz Fleming, which we'll also have in here, I'm sure. Yep. But those are really the two spots that I hang out the most. And I also have a podcast, the Brandon Bloom podcast. So if you guys want to pop over there and subscribe, I would just adore that. Haley's going to be on soon. So <laughs> yes, super excited. Yeah. yeah. And we will put all of those links in the show notes. So guys, make sure you go check that out and follow along with Liz, especially so you can check out that virtual summit and see if it's for you. Awesome. Well, Liz, thank you so much just for giving us some of your time and all of these amazing predictions and advice on how to really nail our marketing this year and make sure that we're converting our audience into paying customers in a way that's right for us and in a way that sits well with us and our business. I just want to say thank you and that we appreciate you. For sure. Thank you so much for having me. This was a great conversation. I can't wait to share it with everyone. (laughs) That's it for this time. Don't forget to head over to the show notes at femalesonfirepodcast.com to grab bonus content from our guests, support the show, or grab your Females on Fire swag. If you loved this episode, give us a quick shout out on Instagram by tagging at females on fire. And don't forget to tune in every Wednesday for a brand new episode to keep you fired up for those big dreams.